Welcome to Speaking Out. We're mainly discussing land rights and economic empowerment. Aboriginal enterprises in mining, exploration and energy. To talk a little bit about uh, Indigenous constitutional recognition. Those With Larissa Barrett. It's a fresh view coming on ABC Radio. But we must have a country to call our own because at this time our lands are being exploited for all. They're just demolishing sacred sites right across the land and they're just putting us under the thumb again. And we can't get a voice even with the rendition of the theme that was written and tried to be put through this federal government that exists at this time called the Statement from the Heart. This is Speaking Out. I'm Larissa Berendt. Recognition of First Nations knowledge and understanding of country are at the heart of this year's theme for NAIDOC Week, celebrating the National Aboriginal and Islander Day of Commemoration. Hill Country is a call for greater protection of all aspects of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultural heritage. To mark the event, the Sydney Opera House recently hosted a forum highlighting the power of storytelling, song and dance. Curated by Walpree woman Rachel Hocking, Yarning Country brought together the voices of veteran entertainer, singer and songwriter Uncle Vic Sims, hip-hop artist, rapper and storyteller Neil Morris, also known as Dreaming Now, and writer, poet and academic Janine Lane. Each of the artists you're about to hear have taken their own approach to storytelling, but the common theme throughout their work is the resilience of First Nations peoples and the importance of connection to country. Let's listen in now and we begin with Uncle Vic Sims. I am one of ten children and uh, I've lived in the first discovered reserves of this land and I grew up there and poverty existed beyond the extreme so we had to battle for what we did in our lifetime to succeed and we were under curfews we had to be home by six o'clock when the gate was locked we had to go to through the Jesus and God routine of having religion palmed on us pushed on us not just you know say look this is good for you And we went through all these destructions of our culture. And all we got in history, really, was Burke and Wills, James Cook, Arthur Philip, King George, and that was it. We never ever got taught about being Aboriginal people in our school days. Well, I didn't anyway. And the managers that they had to manage us under curfews, which existed from the time you opened your eyes to the time in the late, Evenings, around about two o'clock, one o'clock at times, and you have a torch shined in your face, and the head counts would begin. And if there were people not at home, they'd be asked, where are the rest of, of your siblings or whatever? So your life wasn't really private to take beyond your adult personas. I lived poverty. I've seen poverty. I still see it today when I see the dear homeless people freezing their toes off down under the tunnels at Central Railway, which I think is a travesty and it could be overcome if the governments would get off their tails and know that there's a people without a community to go to. We were lucky. We're still under the guise of look after the black situation and we've had prime ministers after prime minister. And some of them were good in their attitudes and some of them were just piss weak in the rest. You know, and I say that, please forgive me. But this is the terminology at times that people tend to use about the politics of Aboriginal people and the, and the authorities they're put under. And I found this solace in, in music. And as I said, I've performed with some of the great artists of our time in this very building and beyond all across Australia, in other parts of the world. And that didn't deter me from realising who I am. I've never put onto the act that I'm, a, I'm above everyone else and I've recorded with some of the biggest labels in the world. And maybe some other time, because as I said, I was first in this place in 1973 when they opened the doors and I did a series of concerts. And I did many more later on throughout my lifetime. I'm a political 
advisor to prime ministers, governors general, and I've done it for a very, very long time. I've met heads of state who asked me what it's like to live under a, a government that doesn't really give much care or delight in knowing as the owners and the traditional owners of this area. I'll go back home tonight, back to La Perouse, and I'll wake up in the morning and say, well, it's great to wake up in your country and to sit here and tell everybody who are paying exorbitant rents maybe to live the dream which is becoming interrupted by this epidemic and this monstrous illnesses that are floating around. And I, I'm hoping that some of my family would be here tonight. But because of the situation, I mean, I've got children and grandchildren down the coast. I can't even get past Wollongong now. People can't even get past Wollongong themselves to see their children. Now, I'm a grandparent of 19 grandchildren and one grandchild with three grandchildren on the way. So I'm pretty cool on expecting that. But we must have a country to call our own because at this time, our lands are being exploited for all. They're just demolishing sacred sites right across the land. And they're just putting us under the thumb again. And we can't get a voice even with the rendition of the theme that was written and tried to be put through this federal government that existed at this time called the Statement from the Heart. And uh, it was put there as a purpose to go to the government and say, listen, give us a voice in Parliament. Recognise us and to have a voice and place a multitude of Aboriginal people in the seats of Parliament to represent us. It's not happening. I've lived the morbid dream of... Uh, seeing a, a fair go with Aboriginal people. And I broke the rules once and I paid for it. And when I uh, got on top of my act again, I, I've never been far from the truth. And the, the image I produce and what I project to people, and I've been doing it for a long, long time. I first discovered I was a child prodigy. Is that the word? Anyway, I was 11 years of age and I performed my my first stage performance on the 15th of October, 1957. I was 11 years of age. Then I went on to do Melbourne tonight, Brisbane tonight, Adelaide tonight, and all these wonderful variety shows over a period of 64 years of show business. We talk about prejudice. I didn't know what prejudice meant. It's just a word because we never got anything at school. As I said, the history teachings of invaders was pushed into our minds like Burke and Wills, the explorers, Cook, Philip, George, the King of England at that time, has been pushed down our throats for so, so long. So we when we want a voice in Parliament through the statement from the heart, it gets knocked back. And then we have the, the Prime Minister say, look, we have no place. We can't have a third party in Parliament. So they ridiculed the statement from the heart. So it will never go away. The reason it won't go away is because we'll keep mentioning it throughout our lifetimes. Me, for instance, I, uh, I will in endeavour, and I hate that word at times, because it reminds me of James Cook. But again, you know, we haven't much choice in the choosing of history. We can't choose the history in this land. People choose for us. People choose for us the rights and the wherefores of where to work, walk, what to do in, in our everyday living cultural ties. And, and still this voice is at the back of our minds. I was stolen generation along with my siblings, but instead of being put into a, a custodial way uh, out in the country like Kinchula or down the coast at Bomaderi Nara, and all across, the, we were put, my, myself and my sisters, after my mother had a nervous breakdown. I think I was nine, and it, we were taken away on the 24th of April, 1956. And we were put into a, which they call the detention centres now, on Glee Point Road. We were in a place called Royalston, just on top of the Harrow Park Paceway at the time. And my sisters were put into the Bedura home for girls. And my mother had to get well, go to court and fight to have her children back. 
and come home again as a family. And it was very heartbreaking. And I get emotional about things. And I sit down, I tell people like you who are prepared to listen. And if this COVID thing wasn't around, there'd be a lot more people knowing the way an Aboriginal person feels. I don't look for sympathy. I have known every little thing, as I said, about my lifetime. And I represent the Aboriginal people of my area. And they'll continue to be my people until the time that I'm stiff and laid to rest, probably in Botany Cemetery. And then again, I had to pay for that land, my land, to be buried on. What a disgusting preview beyond my death. But I live, this is my right to live on this land, to be part of this land, to pass on my knowledge to my grandchildren, to anyone in particular who want to listen to me. And I urge you, I do bushwalking history talks at La Paris because I'm nominated and I was born there on country to dictate and let you know who I represent and what I represent them for. And the, the Botany Bay is the birthplace of Australian history. But at times they never got a mention throughout the universities. No, I had the great honour of just speaking so many ways of my career and, and, and my experience as an Aboriginal man through the University of New South Wales, which has a very extensive program of learning for Aboriginal students. And uh, we have all these wonderful young students that are going through medical histories and being all sorts of people who want to work in, in, in the everyday society that is Australia. And when I leave this building tonight, I take the dreams and hopes and the spiritual knowledge of the people who lived on this site all those many years ago when these ships came up the harbour from being uh, brought ashore down at Farm Cove. They didn't come to Circular first. They were down on Palm Cove. Then they made their way up here and they were accosted by Aboriginal people. And uh, the Aboriginal people were really put on the back burner in the many, many years to come. Is it a whinge? Of course it's a whinge. Why shouldn't I whinge? When you don't get a fair go in life, there's no pretense. It happened. And we just hope that it never happens again. Thank you so much. And I'll see you later. Bye-bye. A man from Lapa, and he has so many stories. That was just the tip of the iceberg. If you ever get a chance to go out there, I'm sure he'll invite you over for a cuppa. Uh, he was telling me the other day that around this time of year is when the southern right whales start to come up to La Perouse and they'll head back down to you and country soon. So beautiful time to go out there and check it out, I reckon. Our next artist who I'd like to introduce is somebody who speaks to something so important to me and so many First Nations people. Arnie Janine Lane is a Rudgery woman from the southwest of this state. She's a poet, a writer, an academic, and she uses language. She's reclaiming Rudgery language to share stories about her country. And she's written so well about that reclamation process. Arnie Janine talks about craving the taste of the language that her ancestors spoke, craving the taste of those words in her mouth, wanting them to come out and sometimes coming out a little bit clumsily. Doesn't seem quite right, so you keep grasping at them, keep trying again. And as a Walpri woman who spent my early years growing up on country in the Northern Territory, about 500 kilometres southwest from Catherine in a place called Lajamanu, something I really connect with. My brother Matthew is here too, and he was there with me. A big shout out, Jagari. <laughs> he was there with me in those early days when our auntie refused to speak to us in any language except Walpuri. So we picked it up pretty quick. And throughout those years, living out at Punta Outstation, not far from Lajamanu, we learnt the words for the language, that we learnt the language for the country we walked on. Watia, watia, watia. Napa, napa, napa. Jando, jando, jando. And as we got older, we had to move off country to go to school. 
we moved between Queensland, Northern Territory and Victoria. And we were usually travelling around in a beat-up troopie that carried six kids and two parents and sometimes some dogs. And we got to see so many different parts of this country, usually homeschooling from books and making our way back to our own country when there was funeral, when it was important for us to go back. But eventually we landed in Melbourne for the large part of our schooling. Melbourne is thousands of kilometres away from Walpuri country. So it meant that going back had to be purposeful. We had to go back when it was enough time for six kids to all get into a car, pile up and get there, enough fuel, enough money for food. So usually that meant we went funeral time. Sorry, business. What that does, that distance, is it can create this disconnect. We talk about this, living off country. So many of us city mob now live off country. But it doesn't have to mean that. You know, we had a mum who would still speak those language words to us. We had a stepdad who did his very best to learn about our mob. Really good job, actually. So accepted that they call him Juppel Joe. And so he'd drive us back when he could as well. And to this day, it's our responsibility. The minute we get old enough to pick up a phone, to drive a car, to get on a bus on our own, it's our responsibility to get ourselves back there, to find out those stories that we missed during that time we were off country. So Arnie Janine, who you're about to hear speak via Zoom on the screen behind me because she's down on Ngunnawal Nambri country in Canberra right now, and we know that COVID thing has shut down our borders. Arnie Janine speaks to this reclamation so beautifully, and I really hope that you take away what I've taken away from her words. Please put your hands together for Arnie Janine Lane. It's an honour to be here tonight to honour country. I was born on Wiradjuri, Narambang, Badu Janine, Badu Wiradjuri. I was born on country in the early 1960s. I grew up along the road to Gundagai, Wiradjuri country, river country, freshwater country, granite country, rugged hill country, wild grassland country, flat country, high country, hot country, cold country. I was raised on country and taught to know country underneath, above and beyond nation. I was taught to live in two worlds, the Wiradjuri world and the settler world. I was taught how to read country first, then I learned to read in school. There are always two different stories, one of country, another of nation. The story of country is always first, always deeper. This is a story of country and people from my Ganhinarang, my grandmother, a story of truth, resilience and continuance. I'm honouring country first tonight with a poem that remembers growing up on country as a child, then a story, then I'm finishing with a poem. Bridge over the river memory. When I come back, I remember it has been a long time, long time passing since I came back along this track to Gundagai, town of my childhood. There are many ghosts. I hear voices. I stand on a solid red gum bridge, longest wooden bridge in the world. The Irish nuns told me this on a good day at school under Gothic arches in a convent on a hill where I learnt about Australian history. This continent, Australia, is a young country, they told us. The history of this place is very short, shortest in the world. They'd seen the world, those nuns. Maps were pinned to the wall to show how far they travelled to spread the word. I've only seen my country. Longest wooden bridge and shortest history, that's what I learned. Prince Alfred Bridge, they called it. Built last century by pioneers as they opened up our lands for progress. Our teachers said so. How many river gums were felled? What were their names before they were rearranged across the river once their lifeblood? What was their history? My grandmother said this place is old. 
She said, my teachers don't know the stories. I listened. On a bad day, you could get beaten at school for asking the wrong questions about the short history and the long bridge. At school, I learned to hold my tongue. The water under the bridge ripples over my memory now. The bend of the Murrumbidja, a deep archive, flows steady and slow. I walk on the bridge and remember how long it used to take to cross on my little legs clinging tight to the side rail as huge wheat and wool trucks thundered over the ancient planks laden with the wealth of the nation. Sometimes the river rose so high it swallowed the bridge and the town. Short history almost washed away by higher, older tides. No trucks now. The bridge long ago closed. Steel and concrete girders bypass the town. The wealth of nation rumbles down different roads. On the other side, I look back across the floodplain. The old stone convent on the hill is empty. I come back after seeing the world. I hear my grandmother again. The bridge is short now, but the history of this place still long and deep. Murrumbidja. Murrumbidja is big water, mother of all water. She flows from the feet of snow mountains. She snakes arching and bending a twisted corridor through Narangbun. Her headwaters rise from wet heath bog through the long plain north of high country of Bogong Moths at Giandra, a place of sharp stones, through the open country of Kuma, across the Monero Plain where she fishhooks through Nagambri country before twisting west again through the big belly of Talbingo where she turns downstream to Gundagai. Murrumbidja's arms span mountains, hills, valleys and plains. She spreads life through country with many children that move through the land like tributaries. Smaller rivers, creeks, gullies, her inland flow, her hooks and bends and twists and turns eluded whitefellas for a time when they bought their time. When they started counting, generations of Aradri, Galambangbas, rocked in this freshwater cradle, the angu. You can hear it, the sound of fresh water running, a freshwater love song. A river is a body of water. It has an arm, an elbow, a mouth. It bends, turns, chortles, sings, rages, runs, lies in a bed, gives life, destroys, remembers everything. When a river is cut up, dammed and straightened out and polluted, our river bodies feel it, damming, mining, dredging, fouling. In this country, rivers run inland like veins and arteries to a heart. When a river runs, it is remembering its former self. No part of this land is unnamed. Under the nation they built, there are countries. Gundagai means bend, curve, turn. Marambija swings west towards Wagga. Deeper tracks wind back to Gundagai. Gunhingarung was born here. And Gunambang, Nangamirs and Mimis too. The river gums still bear our marks. Rocky granite-spattered hills ring the floodplain around Marambija. Great grey granite altars grow into hills like armour to protect them so deep-rooted in country they can never be moved or cleared or cut down, they remain unchanged against change, against time. And they came in the 1820s under the calendars they bought, Hume, Hovel, Sturt, you know those names. They learnt how to cross the Murrumbidja. Then more came with their eyes on the rich river flats where Murrumbidja swells and swallows every generation when the mother of all waters come. They brought wagons, wire, tin and snot, brown and oozing from their noses. The old ones had never seen it before. More strangers came and built on the river flats. They brought women and children. The bang, bang, bang of hammers on nails built their dwellings. Too close to the water, the Balamul Bomal told them, but they bought their science. Lofts, they said through their flat faces. 
We have lofts to climb if the river rises. It is not if, but when. The bow and bamble, no. But they said no more. Then she came. Gun and bang. The mother of all waters. Thursday, June 24, 1852. They made time. Murrumbidja ignored it. The Wiradjuri mob had already gone to higher ground. By nightfall, water was flowing through their houses. They climbed to their lofts. Murrumbidja kept rising. They used their numbered sticks to record that she was rising one metre every hour. Only the tops of houses remained by dawn the next day. Floating logs rammed into houses like battering rams. House after house was swept away. Cries for help. The shrill terror rose over the roar of Murrumbidja and the screams and pleas for help carried to high ground at Kaino where my mob waited for the waters to peak. Their bank, their school, their church, their inns, their shops, their houses fell like skittles under a great tongue of fresh water. The old trees on the flat held country firm deep within their roots as the river rose above them. Friday, June 25, 1852, 11 p.m. All their tick-tock clocks swept away. The town was no more. The moon broke through into a clear, cold night. The mother began to steal, leaving her swirling waters to cleanse the valley and the plains. Most of the strangers drowned. Those that survived clung to the tops of river gums and the few brick buildings that had been spared by Ganhimbang, the mother. Then Yari came with a slim bark canoe cut from the old trees and launched into the surging foam. Then Jackie joined him in a bigger canoe with Long Jimmy and Tommy Davis. And their history books say these Wiradjuri warriors saved over a third of the 250 strangers who claimed the flats. Their dead were barely cold in the ground before they began to build again. And when Gundagai was rebuilt, it was put on the high ground above the floodplain. And the heroes of the flood were soon forgotten and the survivors were presented with a bronze medallions to wear around their necks. And in the following years, Yari and Jackie could be seen frequenting the fringes of town, begging and mistreated, and all died in poverty and rest in unmarked graves on country. This town forgets, Gunhingarung said. More strangers came. The town grew. They cut down old trees on the river flats. One by one they felled them for bridges, houses, schools, shops, hotels and paper, their higher power. Flat, white, brittle, sharp, civilizations buried under the weight of paper. We are caught between time and paper, words, writing, books, records, numbers, dates. They write us wrong with the flick of a quill. And there are maps, scrolls of paper that cut up the world, flat drawings of land and waters slashed with lines, lines so fine yet impossible to erase, lines that once drawn can never be undrawn, grids, gradients, equators, meridians, marked with dots, joined with dashes, slashed with colours. The maps of this empire are stained pink with black and brown blood. I honour the Ballambal, my ancestors, for their legacy of story and care for country, their resilience through all times. We are still here in honour, in strength, in unity. Guwayu, for all times, still and yet, and always, Narambanyali, country speaks. It's been too long since I sat on granite in my country and thought. Too many years since I breathed this air. Buddying, Gana, felt this dirt. Namandai, Dagan, smelled this dust. Bara, Nin, Baran listened for the sounds of her words to say, Belanda, Duhai, Balmul, Hia, 
one by Yabion, history does not have the first claim nor the last word. Naginai, Yara, Tehobal, Nahinai, Gingu, you can speak us now. Narambanyale. Thank you. It's been a tremendous honour to honour country with you tonight. Mandanguru. It is my immense privilege to introduce this next brother of mine. He goes by Dreaming Now, but you might know him as Neil Morris. He's a Yorta Yorta man, and he's one of the biggest truth-tellers that this country has ever seen. He's a hip-hop artist, and he plays around with the electronic medium. But I first met him in Melbourne on Wurundjeri country, Bunurong country, long time ago when we were doing community radio, Triple R, three Triple R. He had a program called Still Here. Still Here speaks to everything that Neil stands for. He is the embodiment of the continuation of our cultures. He lives and breathes his responsibility every single day. I don't think I've ever met somebody quite like Neil. He sings and he raps and he shares spoken word with such purpose and he always does it with others walking alongside him. I've been so honoured to see someone like Neil bring young people like myself along with him in every single thing that he does, but to also honour his old people every step of the way. He met Uncle Vic Sims and he met Arnie Rhonda Dixon with me before this show tonight because it was very important to him to honour the old people whose country we're standing on. And he's invited some young mob to come up on stage with him tonight and share his music with us. So it's my immense pleasure to introduce Neil Morris, Akela Newman, Makasha Marcella and Derek Nanup. Beautiful, strong, yes, it giveth love for this 
sacred lands eternal systems delivered through the sun to the depths it glisten stars in the night crystallized life ancestors prayers in my ears so sublime blood in the soul never forget or deny that anguish to cross the ongoing genocide the devastation theft and wiping out the tribes remorseless attacks and heinous crops poison in the waters yet the people we survived and scrapped with lots and decimated with deceitful rocks but yet the people we survived pay respect and give love and thanks one time one time one time peace love and unity to all my originals rock our ancestors in our lands amidst every child woman and man no matter where we stand our ancestors in our lands so I pay respects the ancestors in these lands amidst every child woman and man no matter where we stand the ancestors in these lands so I I pay respect, but yet the world lost its mind like a sleep deprived. People not peeping signs, the symbols divine. Carvings in stone, sacred vase, ancient truths in the work into the grounds, in the creeks, in the rivers, forests with snakes, liver, bird calls deliver, oh truths in God's diction, the fog's holy halo, crystallize and glisten, now replaced with street names, Julie Whitson, smiles, line, space, comfortable and smitten, roads and avenues, central business districts, spiritual latitude, laws and metaphysics overtaken by the Lord. Of their long lost mystics who preceded the present new type But linguistics causing nations conflated Seemingly cryptic but confusion running rampant yet Deeply intrinsic devastation dipped in Severed out to the ancient rots Vaporized out of sight on a soon to be Broken down plot Omens I can peer seeping into sight Time to awaken pay respect the ancestors in these lands amidst every child, woman and man, no matter where we stand. The ancestors in these lands, so I, I pay respect. The ancestors in these lands amidst every child, woman and man, no matter where we stand. The ancestors in these lands, so I, I pay respect. I acknowledge these sovereign sacred lands that I stand upon and I acknowledge the enormity of all the things that have occurred upon these lands for the Gadigal people, for the Bijigal people, the Darug people, all surrounding mobs connected to this very sacred part of country. It's an incredibly profound part of country. There are obviously the colonial impacts that have taken place in this place that are very heartbreaking to this day. But beneath this land has been shared with us tonight from amazing elders of this land, Annie Rhonda and also Uncle Vic. We've had amazing stories of richness, of beauty that is still within these lands and it is such an honour to be on these lands, these are still their sovereign, sacred, indigenous, custodial lands. We opened up the set here with an acknowledgement of country, and that also included the Gadigal language from Akela Newman, who is here with us tonight, and it's an honour to have her share with us as well with her connections to Gadigal country. It's a beautiful, special thing to be able to do that and step on this country in such a profound and beautiful way. And so that piece was Ancestors. It was a piece about honouring, acknowledging country through the medium of hip-hop. The next piece is one by the name of Always Remember. And it's about the profound beauty that, as First Nations people, we can never forget what we descend from. It's so deeply etched into our spirits, let alone our DNA, which it is all etched into as well. 
This piece goes by the name of Always Remember. Ancestors asking many questions What are these lessons that compress possessed our dresses Confused tribal diction guesses Anyone's best guesses Now they got generations seeking mass convalescence Eucalyptus widowed by devious shepherds Totems taken with no conscience or questions No concept or consciousness of things before the present Vacuous and empty like a windswept desert Heroin house under the moon crescent in the noon sunrise To change the present with your brains trauma Generations fed up with the focus to be better is by colonial resin Fermented in these strange weathers Some seamen to get stuck in quagmires Vision torn and severed but original lines Always remembered, hold together in and out As we hold on to forevermore Treasures, cause we always remember, right? We always remember Yeah, we always remember, right? Forevermore Remember why We always remember We will always remember why Forevermore But some, they lost frames Claim divine name change But your reign strange ways Submerged in haze gray upon Halcyon days have been seen in the maze That's the two ways Left with the loop Escape frames, time conditions Formulated wild transitions Play victims in written Cinematic systems But they got it all messed up Land covered in division Wild incisions A carnage of innocent victims While just sitting waiting for a minute Spirit gets a floating Up beyond metropolis River locomotion Hit the trick at least the pain Beyond the hocus pocus Open heart release to the souls of and devotion From in yours before Into the very present moment I just sit and analyze We are queen scope of while I'm still here trying to stay blessed Stand strong as about stress has trickled down Horrific conquest, another warrior roaming Just trying to get rest on these quests Above closed eyes, focus and catch breath Stoke and fire, containing ashes from the sacred part Ways of life, dripping down, create the spirit life, yes We always remember, right? We always remember Yeah, we always remember, right? Forevermore Sacred law, we always remember, we always remember, right? Forevermore, we always remember all the spirit in the land, not a name, not a name, forevermore.
you know, when beautiful things happen, you lose a sense of time. That's kind of part of what this project is about. It's about the timelessness of the profoundity that is First Nations people and where we've come from, who we are, where we're going. This next piece is a piece of poetry that I wrote specifically for this event and it was about, I guess for me, really connecting into the emotion of being on this land and a lot of the, the difficult things that have happened on this land and what we really need moving forward. If only they understood all the things we were put here for, to walk in accordance in every way with sacred law. From the deserts to the shores, mountaintops and river floors, moving to the rhythms in our DNAs and in our cores. From Gadigal land across the Noongar land beyond the Nullarbor, the colour of our sacred ways being broken, I cannot ever understand why, what for. But even all of that though, no, I'd personally feel like I don't want to level the score. But we know it's undeniably true that if all got behind us properly, this so-called country would be transformed in a way more beautiful than any could imagine from when so-called Australia's first dawn was born. See, we come from things beautiful, intricate in every aspect, but they got us trying to take back steps, like back when they had us on missions, tried to break our backs then, but we never lacked strength. See, black is made of divine energy, never collapsing or relapsing, is forever in movement and our sacred action. That move with the breath blessed by Biami, serpent descendants still here amidst tsunamis, and they got armies, but we got ancestors that forever reset to bring calm me to remind there is no future without us. No, there can't be. See, everything will sooner turn to dust without our custodianship brought back up to fill the cup. So we got to clear out all the corruption as we are and have been on the cusp of unbearable living conditions. And so like my ancestors, we still rallying and signing petitions wishing for visions of the right way to be easily enabled, the way white privilege is still enabled on all of our televisions, the way white privilege is still cavorts and can't even have a conversation about removing a racist anthem for a more equitable rendition. The same goes for the so-called constitution. A refusal to acknowledge the basic facts that their institutions are a confused, lost way of evil delusion, but we gotta find a way to put it all aside. Otherwise, this whole world where we live and die will subside. And yes, also, all your children too will not remain. When these destructive forces continue to collide amidst frack lands, famished soils with nothing left to tour for, with no place to hide, no place to smile or celebrate like only two years ago when this whole coast was up in fire. And if that wasn't a warning sign, I don't know what it's going to take for you to read the writing on the walls, but we know what always was. Always will be a place that we need healing. We need to break down the walls, cast away the illusions and the flaws of Western patriarchal force because it's run its course. And now it's time for healing. We must heal country. See, it's what we were put here for, after all. After all that's been denied, after all the tears cried, after all the white lies and white crimes, now is time for healing. Let's heal country because, see, it's what we were put here for after all. That's hip-hop artist, rapper and storyteller Neil Morris, accompanied by Akela Newman, Acacia Marcella and Derek Nanup.
You've also been listening to writer, poet and academic Janine Lane. And before that, veteran entertainer, singer and songwriter Uncle Vic Sims. They were appearing at the Sydney Opera House event Yarning Country, curated by freelance journalist Rachel Hocking. It was held recently to mark NADOC Week 2021 and more talks are available on the Sydney Opera House podcast, Ideas at the House. That's the show for this week. Join us again next week when we bring you reflections on the ongoing impact of the Northern Territory intervention. Recently, um, in my community, we adapted uh, a justice group that uh, designed what we, in a cultural uh, structure, uh, which is, uh, we've been doing that for so long through uh, tribal things amongst uh, our group. We've been mediating, we've been uh, sentencing our peoples. That's why I said they need to see the history of that, uh, this justice system in our society, in our Aboriginal society. Now, what all those things, you know, the words uh, you know, that used by the justice system, we have that protocols in place and we need to utilise that when we're looking after young people who God is really not close to us and not respecting, you know. We go through that every day of our life. And when things happen, they tend to go away from that and follow the white system, the justice system. And we try to say, look, all right, this is our, our things. But we're talking about the lawyers. We're talking about the judge. We're talking about how that uh, process will go with our people. We seem to be not looking at that and supporting that what we're, where we are and working on that. They're just going in and putting that aside, which is not good for our community to be able to do it because we're seeing a lot of our people in that space, young people going there away. We should be nurturing them. We should be comforting. We should be guiding them through because we got big country to actually do that. You know, we've been doing that so long, long time ago. Now we're still doing it, but because of the restrictions coming in, we're unable to do that, and which is not good. We need to be looking at a better way of doing justice and supporting young people. You know, that's the sort of thing that should be in the hands of our people, our elders, our leaders. Speaking Out is on Facebook and you can email the program speakingout at abc.net.au. We would love to hear from you. I'm Larissa Berendt and this is Speaking Out. Speaking Out.